Managing Book Covers, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we help our guests get through their to-be-read list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as usual, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Megan Griffin. Megan, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Glad it's the weekend. <laughs> yes. Yes, me too. It's been a gorgeous week here. I hope you guys have been having good weather. It has been, except I was told that it's going to go back into the 90s. Like, Yeah, I saw that. I was not going to talk. I'm, I'm really hoping that's a lie. Listen. <laughs> I saw pumpkin spice dog treats at the pet store last night. Give me fall. (laughs) Yes, I'm ready for it. I, uh, yeah, I'm supposed to be outside all day Wednesday and I'm just like, can it not Uh be 90 degrees? (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. Well, here's hoping the fall weather starts soon. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are joined by Tim Stevens. Tim, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm happy to be here. I'm thrilled. This is my first appearance on your podcast. I'm very excited. Yeah. Me too. Welcome. And it's good Thank to see you. your face again since I used to live like five seconds from you and now I, I don't. Know, I miss you. <laughs> oh, Chris is waving. You can see him. There's the <laughs> waving feverishly in the background. <laughs> yeah, I I listened to your um it's the last episode I listened to. I don't know if it's the last one you had, uh, you, The Hate You Give. Um, oh, yes. And, uh, I mean, I, I tend to listen to everything it's just when I catch up to it. And um, our church is reading that right now. And uh, I really appreciate you guys' perspective. I think I'll be much more prepared when I go into the meetings now. So thank you. Nice. Oh, what's the what's the meeting on? on just if it's, they should read it or not? No, it's a book club for um, members of the church. We're an open and affirming just peace church. So one of the things we're really big on is identities, be they racial or sexual orientation or gender. Uh, so we're reading a book on called Evicted, and we're reading The Hate You Give this time. We're really focusing That's on awesome. racial identity this year because, you know, for a long time, um, sexuality and gender was sort of at the forefront because those had to be adopted into the already existing manifest. And now mm-hmm. sort of, you know, rolling back to race in, in addition to how important it's in the United States lately, just because it was sort of where it started and they want to make sure they get the proper attention. Having you guys uh, talk about it really helped me clarify some things too, which I appreciate. That's awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love the sound of a book yeah. club. <laughs> book club. <laughs> yes. I've always wanted to join one in person and I still haven't. <laughs> this is my book club. This is, yeah. yes. I was a member of one for a while, and uh, actually, the first book they did is the, uh, I still can't pronounce the name. It's the Guernsey Literary and Potato, uh, Potato Peel Pie Society ah, that's yes. now on the Netflix thing. Yep. Never read it for book club, and now I'm like, well, this movie looks delightful. <laughs> I need to read it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did it for a few months, and... Then they did Fifty Shades of Grey, and I politely was like, I'm done for a little while. Fair enough. (laughs) Just take a step back. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes. Thank you for your book choice this week, because we definitely needed something a lot lighter to follow up. Similarly, very serious. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't rated it on Goodreads, but I really enjoyed this book. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, so this week, we read Kanye West Owes Me $300 and Other True Stories from a White Rapper Who Almost Made It Big by Jensen Karp. I had never heard of Jensen Karp. So, Tim, what brought this to <laughs> to your attention? <laughs> well, um, so I had, um, there was a movie called The Invention of Lying, 
that was written by a guy named Matt Robinson. And, uh, or Matthew Robinson, rather. And Matthew Robinson, uh, the movie itself is so-so, but the script was really good. And so I had remembered that, and I had found him online and found out that he had a podcast called Get Up On This. And his co-host is Jensen Karp. And so I came to Jensen Karp through Matthew, but then um, there were little hints and things about the fact that he had been a rapper previously. And in the course of listening to the podcast, he announced he was working on a book. So... Um, since he really doesn't talk about it much on the show, I really wanted to know more information about sort of how he got where he was. Uh, so that's how I came up to the book. And now he does a ton of stuff now, it turns out. You know, he writes for the ESPYs and the MTV Movie Awards, and he has two shows I think he's producing now. He's one of the writers on Sasha Baron Cohen's new show. Oh, that's awesome. Um, the show on, I think it's TBS, where they battle each other, like celebrities battle rap each other. He's the executive producer and the head writer on that show, so... Okay, that makes me feel better, because, like, the one big complaint I've had about this book was, like, it discussed his rap career, and then it was like, well, that's all you need to know, and I'm like, okay, but that's, you said that ended when you were, like, 22, and right. and you now were, he's, like... I think he's a year older than I am, so, yeah, he's... Yeah, it's just, like, okay. <laughs> also makes me feel better, because, like, I felt, so, so I, did, I didn't know anything about him, even reading it, it was like I have no recollection of this rapper even hearing about him or like in his NBA I didn't play no. NBA Live, but like anywhere that I might have picked him up, I hadn't. But I mm-hmm. felt so bad for him when we got to everything that happens where his album doesn't come out and yeah. I felt really bad for him. It's like this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. So when you suggested this book, I truly thought this was going to be some punk who just would be an asshole and like (laughs) the whole almost made it big was like a complete lie and just i was a little nervous about that too if i'm being honest yeah (laughs) yeah i i I kind of expected this to be hot garbage (laughs) well i'm glad it wasn't and it wasn't yeah (laughs) like the ratings on it are really good Mm -hmm. on goodreads and so i was like well you know it's at least got to be entertaining right um but I started it, and within, like, two chapters, I was like, no, this is this guy can write, and this is really entertaining. And, like, I kind of – I was like, come on. get You know he doesn't get a rap career, yeah. but it's like, maybe he will. Maybe he'll change. <laughs> right. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. When I when I suggested – I think you guys asked for three books, and I can't remember the mm-hmm. third one I suggested, but I was like, well, I you know, just because I'm a white dude, I've read a lot of, like, white dudes having a hard time books. I was like, I don't want to pick those. So I was like, well, this is a nonfiction book. I'll pick that. And I picked Last Night at the Lobster by Stuart Onan, um, which I picked. Oh, that's right. That was the other one we considered. Yeah. Which I picked because that takes place at the mall I used to work growing up. Like, it takes place right there in um, West Hartford, Connecticut. So, but then I went back and looked at it. I'm like, oh, these are totally white guys having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad that you guys still enjoyed it. (laughs) I mean, the title really... Yeah. It's like, I, yeah. I, I need to know more about this. Why does he owe you three? Does exactly. he first, does Kanye really owe you $300? If so, exactly. why? And then almost made a big, <laughs> what happened? Who, like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, he's definitely, I, I also Googled him because I had no idea who this guy was. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I think they, he says he looked like the Dell guy um, mm. from the old right. Mac or the PC guy from the old Mac PC commercials. And I looked him up. I was like, okay, I see it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. He, uh, 
especially because so I did this in audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, so occasionally you can hear him rapping. And it also really played into, you know, maybe he no longer raps, but he still has a lot of there's a good flow in the book and there's occasionally I don't know, I can see how he could have made it big, mm-hmm. even if you hadn't he hadn't put any lyrics in. Like there occasionally it was like, that was a really poetic way of putting this. Mm. Yeah. So Yeah. Um but yeah, he looks nothing like you would expect. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah, I yeah. <laughs> he um so maybe just like a brief sort of timeline. He gets introduced to rap when he's nine years old in nineteen eighty nine, falls in love with it, and that doesn't necessarily fit with the world he grows up in in California um he I liked the little and well I didn't like the little anecdote but I felt bad for him but I like that he included you know I mean it's a memoir so but he included this about where I think it was the last day of sixth grade he gets chased by a bunch of kids and they're the worst part of you know they're ridiculing him but the worst part of it was that they were calling him vanilla ice (laughs) <laughs> yes, and that's the thing that really upsets him. Because <laughs> yes. he thinks Vanilla Ice is garbage. So. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, but then the next year, he forms a rap duo called Extra Large with one of the kids that was chasing him. Um, yes. They actually do perform uh, once, I believe. At least once. Uh, yeah. Once on stage. Once, on once stage. that goes well, yeah. Yeah. And they do a photo shoot that doesn't go super well. <laughs> Oh boy! It's a very tone deaf photo shoot. Yes, it was not their idea. Yeah. We should also say it was not the no. kids' idea. They um, yeah. It was 1982 after the riots and everything. They took pictures, you know, in front of uh, burned down stores, like broken windows and everything. And they got some not so great looks from passerbys. And they, but they, he said that they were him and his friend. They were getting they were they're very uncomfortable during this. Um, mm-hmm. After that, it kind of fizzled out. He would battle a little bit in high school. And then in college, he called up a radio station's uh, roll call, and he ended up going on this crazy undefeated streak where he would battle other aspiring MCs and just dominate, basically. Um, He ends up giving a song that he wrote, Caliente Carlito, (laughs) to (laughs) um, Jimmy Iovine's nephew, the head of uh, Interscope Records, and it gets to Jimmy, and he does end up signing with them. And the part that tripped me up was because I knew he wasn't going to get this deal. Was like he's recording with all these stars, he's performing here, he's performing yeah. there, he's meeting up with this person and that person. And then I was like, how like all the money that was spent oh my gosh. on this, I yeah, <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He mentions how the record industry was different back then. You know, it's mm-hmm. sort of the eve of Napster and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But it gives you an idea how different it was. Like, the amount of money they were willing to spend on him, and depending when they decided they were going to shelf him or not, but with an idea that they might eventually put him in the back pocket so he doesn't compete with Eminem, um, the amount of money they were willing to do that for an album they might never have had the intention to produce is wild. Uh, you know, yeah. versus versus now where, as again, as he points out, like, people make pennies on the dollar from their Spotify uh, mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He gets what a million dollar signing bonus. Yeah. And then basically like an unlimited amount of production. Um, yeah. Production. He, wants. he flies anywhere yeah. he wants. And, yeah. and then on top of that, he sells his, um, 
the publishing publication rights, yeah. and he yeah. gets five hundred thousand dollars on top of that <laughs> on the Which barrel. Insane. Yeah. And he gets like what yeah. two fifty up front, and yep. then yeah. the two, other two I think was or two other half was supposed to come later. If he released yeah. the album, it was supposed yeah. to come at that point. Yeah, but it's just right. the amount of money is mind boggling. Um, mm-hmm. So his run was basically, I'd say the roll call was, I think, 99. And then I think it was at 2001 or so, 2001 when he, 2000 or 2001 when he stepped away from Interscope when they decided they were not going to actually release. Um, yeah, I think it's 2001, if I remember correctly, is sort of when the, he finally gives up on it. He was 21 or 22, so oh, I think it was, yeah, 01 or 02. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's quite a rock. <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, <laughs> But, like, that many years working on one album? I mean, I don't know enough about the music world. Maybe that is, like, a legit thing. Well, that was one thing that occurred to me as as he was going. was like, oh, a lot of time is passing. Mm -hmm. And and this is before even he starts to get, you know, slow-footed by the the label. You just have this feeling that, like, there's a lot of wheels spinning here, but there doesn't seem to be much progress getting made. Um, And I didn't know if that was because he's a brand-new artist and... Like your first album, you just have all the time in the world to spend on it, so you might as well. Or what the situation, you know, or if that was unusual, you know, because I know yeah. once you're established, you know, all right, somebody can release an album every year if they wanted to. Yeah. So I don't know what what the situation was there, but yeah, I had that same thought. It's like, wow, there's a lot of time going by here, and not much seems to be happening. Right, and I thought like. I I know like yes, it's your first album. You want to put the work into it and all that, but. I get his concern before he signed with Interscope was, are you just going to shelve me? Are you just trying to rack up the other white rappers like me and Bubba mm-hmm. Sparks and not actually put us out there so that there's no competition for your main guy, Eminem. And Jimmy's response to that was, why would I do that? I mean, you guys are different in these various ways and you're both going to make me money basically. So he believed him. He trusted right. him. But mm-hmm. like, if they really wanted to, I just felt like there would have been a little bit more pressure of, Hey, here's a deadline by which we want to really put your album out there. <laughs> like, yeah. Here's some, some structure by when we want you to be finished. Right. Yeah. yeah. There was never a release date in mind. Or yeah. I spent most of the book trying to decide if Interscope really did just sign him to shelve him. But Bubba Sparks did get a first album. I think that he got two of them. He eventually so, releases a second. Yeah. 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 And at least I was like, I recognize Bubba Sparks name. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know he got some, publicity so yeah part of me was like i i don't know was this really their intent or i wondered if they kept him in the chamber because eminem especially early on had a reputation for you know obviously being incredibly controversial and volatile so i was wondering if they were keeping him on deck in case you know eminem Eminem flamed out after that second record and they were like this is you know we're throwing good money after bad kind of thing this guy's not worth it anymore Right. Uh, and then they had, you know, somebody to sort of ascend in his place. But when Eminem releases the third album and it crushes, they decide, oh, well, it turns out he is reliable enough to keep this going. Yeah. 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 Or maybe they really did plan to to release his album when Jensen gets the call. He gets a call from someone at Interscope who, on the, the, the promise of anonymity that he will never tell who gave him this information he gets warned basically about what's going to happen that they're going to shelve his project mm-hmm. and not put it out there um, crap I totally lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> that maybe they were actually planning to put his album out 
Um, but then the person who calls him tells him that it seemed, or alludes to, that it seems like someone in Eminem, if not Eminem, someone in his camp wanted the project shut down. Right. So maybe they were planning to, but then because Eminem, you know, he got so big, yeah, we're going to do what he wants now type Mm -hmm. of thing. That's a good point. Yeah. It is interesting. I mean, Jimmy makes a good point when he signs them. He's like, you know, I got a bunch of different white rock dudes that all sound the same. We release all their albums. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) But also, you know, Eminem was kind of... I don't want to say unique because he obviously wasn't the first white rapper, but it was kind of a, a unique situation. Well, like, yeah, he I mean, was a big deal. He was the first white rapper to be the biggest rapper on the scene who yeah. also was respected. Like, you know, I guess you could argue Vanilla Ice was the biggest rapper for the time, but nobody within rap respected him. <laughs> exactly. uh, Eminem was respected despite being white kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, unlike House of Pain, who was a bunch of white guys, but only really had a couple singles, or Beastie Boys, who are great, but I think had sort of a novelty flair then. They were more silly, they were less serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eminem was sort of the first one who rapped like his contemporaries, but was white, and caught on. Yeah. And, and speaking as a white kid who was around the same age as Jensen at that point, um, for a lot of people, uh, Eminem became the first time rap was acceptable in the suburbs you know Jensen talks about like being called a wigger and things like that and I can remember that from high school for me too that you know there was a uh, a group of guys who would you know sag their pants and things like that and they were regarded as you know trying to be black essentially you know trying too hard to, to be something they weren't so I think for the first time it also because Eminem was played on like the hip-hop station mm-hmm. it was played on the pop music station it was played on the alternative rock yeah. station I can remember for like a year in 98 waking up to My Name Is like almost every morning and God, hating yeah. that song by the end because it was brutal. I Which TRL. I don't feel bad for saying. Yeah. <laughs> and Eminem apparently hates that song so I don't feel bad for making that observation. But, <laughs> um, so, you know, I think he was, as you said, there was other white rappers but he was a real changing point in the industry in terms of that. Yeah. And so I, could, I can kind of understand like being 18 and being fed that line yeah and being like oh yeah it's exactly the same thing but like you know sitting here reading this in my 30s and i'm like no it's not the same thing right (laughs) so i did like that he started with the his life as a kid Mm -hmm. especially you know the rap battles that he had to do in school Mm -hmm. Uh, those actually had me like cracking up especially the kid uh that had the toothbrush. Oh, oh yeah, toothbrush. <laughs> and that was his that signature. He, yep. Yes. Yep. That no, he but... killed. That then, like, told everybody, or he ended up, like, leaving school yeah. and is actually in the music industry nowadays and is, like, still claims that he beat, you know, Jensen. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Yeah, do we that, want to call him Jensen is... or Hot Carl here? Oh. I think he'd prefer Jensen. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I enjoyed that story then. You know, years later, he finds out that this guy's been dining on it for years. That, oh yeah, I wrecked that guy back in high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did also like when he's a teenager and he's DJing at parties. Um, he, 
you know, I, he says it, so I'm just going to believe him that he didn't lie to his parents before. You know, he would always tell them the truth. <laughs> but he really wanted to do this one party that was in Van Nuys, not a great neighborhood, and he knew that his parents would absolutely forbid him from going. So he lied about where it was, and of course, the one time he lies to his parents, it all goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> spectacularly yeah i didn't know where that story was gonna end but man that was rough shooting someone says they saw a grenade which people laughed off but then no there really was a grenade yeah Um, and then i love when he has to call his parents and the first thing he says is don't be mad at me i'm like oh my god i couldn't imagine being a parent getting a phone call at whatever time of night from my kid just screaming don't be mad at me what did you do Yeah, as he rightfully points out, it's the exact right thing to make your parents mad. It's to start with, don't right. be mad at me. Yes. Just... Right, although they weren't going to ground him because they thought that he had been through enough trauma that would have, to that you know, to scare right. him enough to not do something like this again. My mother still would have grounded me. Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah. I would have still grounded I'd the s- shit out of my kids. <laughs> yes, I'd still be grounded. Although, I think he got in trouble. There was, like, a comment where... It was like, turns out they found a grenade, yes. and, he, and he was like, and I got grounded. Yeah, yeah. at that point. I love the way that story is structured, because, yeah, it ends up that they're watching TV after they decide not to ground him, and he's fine, and he just knows better not to do mm-hmm. that ever again. And on the news, they mentioned they found a, gra- uh, a grenade, like, you know, blocked down or something like that, and at that point, he was grounded for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two weeks, that's it. Good guy. Yeah, I can't imagine how long I'd be grounded if I went to a party where there was a grenade when right. I was 17 I years old. <laughs> Lied on top of it. Put yourself in a, and you lied because it was a bad neighborhood. And clearly, the parent would have been justified in saying, "No, you can't do the party there." Exactly. Yeah. Crazy kids. Yep. I was trying to think if I ever did anything that insane, and I don't think I did. No, I got mugged once in Hartford while waiting in line for a haunted house. Oh God. And so we. Really. So we had to call. uh, It was me and my friend Tim, and we had to call my folks to be like. We now have no money. Come and pick us up. And my parents made fun of me for weeks after. (laughs) (laughs) Parenting done right. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was just in Hartford this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where? Uh, I don't... We stayed at a hotel and had dinner there, and then I went down to... Like near the convention center, or...? Nope, it was oh. near Barnes and Noble. That's all I can tell you. Because <laughs> I went to the Barnes and Noble. Well, Not... I hope you had fun. <laughs> Always on brand, but yeah, no. Uh, I, one of my brokers has a boat, so oh, very nice. And his their uh, their office is in Hartford, so we met up okay. at the airport, and then had dinner, and then I can't remember where the boat was, but it was about an hour south. Okay, yeah, it's so. probably right on the river there. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good time. I like Connecticut. Thank you. It's home. It was home to some people, but it they was. decided to ditch. They did. <laughs> they did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was wondering, like, most of this story is very West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know, Jensen's from California, and, and I'm very curious, like, all three of us grew up on the East Coast, and, and none of us had heard of him, but... I am curious, like, how big he got. I mean, it's kind of talked about. Yeah. And he definitely was, like, hanging out with a very particular kind of class. But Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know. Like, I don't even remember a whiff of him. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I had 
uh, roommate. I lived in the Bronx for a year while I was on an internship, and my roommate Madden uh, grew up in Arizona. So a lot of the bands, or a lot of the groups you mentioned, like the Alcoholics and things like that, um, mm-hmm. Madden grew up being really into. And he had a vague recollection of Hot Carl from that era because he was big into West Coast rap around the same time. But that he was also, like I said, from Arizona, not from California. So he wasn't sure the saturation point. You know, if you don't have an album, it's hard to get everywhere. That's true. But he did definitely end up on Napster, occasionally credited as Eminem, which I enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a good chance there's a lot of kids back then that listened to what they thought was Eminem, and it was not. Yeah, there were kids out there who assumed it was some Eminem B-side that never saw the light of day. Yeah. Um, There was one story in particular that I finished right as I got off the subway for work, and I spent all day trying to figure out who I thought it was about, but it was about the um, very hot celebrity that he almost hooks up with. Oh, yes. Yeah. Whose assistant ends up climbing in bed with them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but not yes. for fun, just to, like, no. hang out and sleep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this about to turn into a three-way story? Right. I don't know if I want... I Like, <laughs> like I don't know. That was... Okay. Here's my biggest thing about dude memoirs mm-hmm. i really love memoirs um dudes tend to talk a lot about who they slept with or like hey just so you know i was having sex like right you know like it has to be stated kind of thing as where like i cannot think of a woman written memoir off the top of my head where it was ever like occasionally they'll be like yeah i was dating so and so but it's never like well i was hooking up with this person and this person and Maybe Anna Ferris because that's kind of what her podcast is about. But yeah, that I mean, the that's a double standard thing. thing too, right? Like men yeah. are exalted for that kind of behavior. Women are often mocked or dragged for it, so that might be part yeah. of it too. You want to hide? It was just stuff. the only thing about this book that I was like, okay, I get it. Like at first, I appreciated. It. I was like, okay, this helps me understand like how big you are, mm-hmm. or like you know, the people you were talking to, the crowds you were hanging out with, like, it really puts it in perspective. And then towards, like, the second half, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I don't need, outside of, like, who you're recording with, I was like, this is a little bit of an overshare. But, yeah, the story of the really, really gross A-list celebrity. Yeah, who makes him so sick, (laughs) both his eyes fall shut. Yes. In incredible detail. Yeah. (laughs) That grossed me out, made me go and brush my teeth again. And that's also not where I was expecting this story to go. I mean, even when the publicist climbs into bed, I'm like, okay, so you're just not going to have sex. You're just going to go home and then end of story. Right. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that he didn't really use, I can't think of anyone who specifically cited as sleeping with. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is very vague. Right. Yeah. And right. a lot of the times, the stories are actually about women he interacts with who he doesn't seal the deal with. Like, there's a lot of, like, I wrapped alongside a Playboy Playmate, and that was it. <laughs> so, right. like, you get this feeling that, like, he probably did very well for himself, but at the same time, he was still this person who didn't really know how to interact with, you know, who, yeah. like, knew how to interact with women like the girl he dated in college, but wasn't ready for the big leagues, yeah. like... Like right. Pauly Shore, who he specifically signed. <laughs> like, yes. He wasn't just going to grope women for the sake of groping women. Yeah. <laughs> he, did, he did break up with Paige, the college girlfriend. Right. Because it, poor Paige. He, poor yeah. Paige, but also at least at least he did this instead of then just cheating on her because at least he kind of recognized 
this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really, I want to be able to do what I want to do and I don't want to cheat, you know, so Mm -hmm. better do it now than like lead her on and stuff. Um, I'm 20 years old. I know I have no impulse control. I'm yeah. sorry. And now I have all this money and I'm seeing, I'm exactly. meeting all these other celeb- like celebrities and hanging out and everything. So, right. yeah. So he definitely, it sounds like he definitely did his fair share of hooking up, but I'm glad that yeah. that was not like a main focus of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when I, you're telling this kind of story. Cause that's like, yeah. I don't know, for me at least that's the way you can hurdle in a hurry is like, well, I got all this kind of, ter- or, you know, whatever terrible word exactly. they want to use for it. <laughs> so that, yeah. uh, you know, it was nonstop sex show for me. Like, yeah. well, it's harder to like you if that's the way you're talking about it. Yeah. I, this book is, it walks a really good line of where you can feel bad for him that this career didn't happen. And like, clearly it fucked him up a little bit for a while. Mm-hmm. And like, it broke his heart, but he's okay. Yeah. Like, he's not necessarily talking about these days as like the glory days Mm -hmm. right yeah it's just like he wrote this book to be like well this is a part of my life that like i kind of need to just get out and so i can continue moving on with my life kind of thing right yeah he's not he's not glorifying it he's not living in that time but at the same time i think which is the important part of the book he's not to the point that he uses it as like the worst time that ever happened to him he's able to recognize like there's some amazing stuff that happened to me during this time period yeah right which is really great. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some rough stuff that happens, too. And clearly, certainly by the time he hits Jamaica, which is sort of the climax of the book, like, he was in yeah. a pretty terrible place. Yeah. Yeah, to keep reminding myself, I was like, he wrote this. He's, he does the audiobook too. I was like, he's clearly alive. Right, right. <laughs> but it it gets bad for him, you know? Yeah. It's the, the late 90s, early 2000s were not a very... Um, positive time for mental illness like you just mm-hmm. you know maybe the last five to ten years it's starting to get to the point where people can talk about it and things like that but you know you're having panic attacks because this is what you did with your life and yeah. now you have no idea what to go doing forward and so it's it's understandable right i mean yeah that alone is understandable at the same time his parents marriage mm-hmm. falls apart right. mm-hmm. and his dad has cancer and you know like there's just a lot and his mom uh isn't um, physically unhealthy, but she's clearly going through some stuff mentally. Like he talks yeah. about how drawn she starts to look and things like that. So, yeah. you know, any one of these would have been really hard to de- deal with, and they clearly hit him almost all at the same time. Right. And again, he was only like 22. Yeah. Like, he's right. So young. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As someone who, like, went through one or two life altering things, that was like, nope, that's enough. Please don't add anything else in my early 20s. Yeah. All of that, like at least I didn't have. I was in college, so you know I could be like, "Well, here's my rock. Yeah, I right. have school." Right. And he had nothing. Right. Because school was over, yeah. but his friends, who all did more, I guess, conventional career paths, were now established in their careers and yeah. you know mm-hmm. promotions, like you know. And he wasn't sure what to do after you know, this betrayal right. by Interscope, you know. And yeah, his description of the jobs he tries, you know. He starts sort of high up and slowly goes down in terms of, like, what he's willing to take. He gets hired at one point by a real estate company, and they end up letting him go because he's too uh, <laughs> he's too extroverted. Yeah. And they don't want him to do what he's doing unless he's willing to become an agent. He's not, so they let yeah. him go. 
It's like, wow, imagine buying from a job for being right. too friendly and outgoing. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Especially during one of the times you're like, where you feel your worst. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just you're yeah. like, oh, if, if I'm feeling good, how bad am I for this job? If right. I, you know, if I feel this bad and I'm too extroverted, how would I be if I was feeling better? I do like that he also got his degree, though. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. he, it he was part finish. of his contract that he was going to finish school. Yeah. Was um, good. What did he get? I, I feel like they said, and now I can't remember. What, is it like a screenwriting degree? I oh. want to say it's English, but I'm not positive. It's something artsy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I include I, English in that. I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel bad now. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid like, you know. I think he only had like a year left, or maybe even only a semester. And to be like, okay, I appreciate this offer, which most people would have jumped at and been like, "Yep, I'm done. I'm out. This is gonna make me rich and famous." He's like, "This is gonna make me rich and famous, but let me get that degree first Right. Right. Well, even as he's rising, you know, he holds on to he's working as a PA, right? Yeah. Um, right. The, the sequel to Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he holds on to that job for as long as he feels like he can and actually do it. Yeah. You know, like, so it's the last thing he quits is that job. Right. Uh, and then obviously he finishes school. So just, you know, again, a lot of people would be like, oh, man, I'm huge on the radio. Right. I'm done with this. And, you know, he's hiding in closets and things like that. Yeah. So we can call the radio station. <laughs> But he's still not giving up on the actual job, which is funny. Right. Okay. I, I, you know, I believe him when he says, like, he really didn't think it was going to happen until it really, really started to happen. Yeah. That, you know, he was just having fun with it until things took a serious turn. Yeah. But still also keeping yeah. his anonymity, like the hiding in the closets and mm-hmm. trying to keep people from finding out. And it may have also to do with the name that he picked for himself. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I did not uh, know not what a hot best. Carl was until I read this book. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Why is this the first thing that you spit out when they ask you what your name is? Like, I understand that he wasn't expecting to get through because he would try to call the roll call when he was in sixth, seventh grade, and it was always a busy signal. So when he tries to do it this time, he suddenly gets through the first time and is frazzled. I get that, but have a better name ready, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although I did learn something new. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I did not know no, what that was. The thing. <laughs> I had not heard that expression for before. And, you know, it's not really one I think I'll get to use a whole lot, but, you know, it's good to know. Yeah, just, just <laughs> have it in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he was the reigning champ for 45 days before they had essentially, like, a showdown of everybody that had been a champ, which he won. Yeah. He was undefeated. Until after he lost his uh, his uh, record deal. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Right, because uh, everybody just went after that. They knew that was yeah. the easiest thing to hit. Yeah. Yeah, what did he say? Um, Used to be dope until he got dropped yes. on Interscope yeah. Run too well or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. Poor guy. Like it gets you, like that whole thing, just how that really messed up, what messed his confidence up and his... Mm. That he was all he felt very scattered. He also gained weight, so he couldn't, you know, take the stage as you know, be as energetic as he was before. And um, it also didn't help, like when they, someone reaches out to him to kind of resurrect Hot Carl, and he does a residency at the Roxy, but in an upstairs, much smaller area. Whereas before, mm-hmm. he had sold out the big area downstairs, and 
people weren't really coming and then they go to this this spring break spring break tour in Jamaica and the drunk college kids are just not into his music and he's spiral mm. it's oh it's so bad yeah <laughs> yeah Yeah, the part where he's on the rise and sort of he doesn't have a recording contract. No one knows him yet, but he's selling out these venues. Mm-hmm. Very few people know him. He's selling out these venues. You know, he's talking about like he used to play for, he used to play at a club that catered to like the not yet twenty one cool celebrity set. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so and that's what he figures he's facing when he goes down to Jamaica. Except it's you know it's not a true generation later, but it's essentially a generation later. And none of these people are, you know, have any familiarity with his music. Yeah. Rap has probably changed significantly in those three or four years, you know, so it's just not what he's used to. And without the name at that point, they don't care. Yeah. They're not listening. Teens are vicious creatures. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I think more than his rap, though, I love that he got his mom involved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, the things he makes her do are great. Oh my god! But she does <laughs> the fact them. that she did yeah. them. <laughs> like I love how supportive his parents were. Like his mom joining in in his act, and then his dad mm-hmm. recording shows and just yelling "Go get him!" from the crowd and stuff. I love that <laughs> right. they supported him, even though this was not their this was not their type of music, and mm-hmm. maybe they didn't really want to hear their twelve year old rapping about. I'm trying to think because when he was an extra the largest large. penis was at yes, one point. Like, <laughs> yes yes oh, my when he was 12 a, a group called extra large what do you think that name is alluding to <laughs> but, but they were so taking, on his side yeah well, that song also features him taking a girl to a denny's and then having sex yeah. with her afterwards yep. again yeah. being 12 years old yes i think the point he makes at uh in this book is like he couldn't even produce semen yet he was talking about having sex with this girl yeah Yeah. because another bad creation did that song Aisha and this was a song basically dissing them making fun of her they had that song Playgrounds was called Killing at the Playground Um, (laughs) yeah yeah but they were his parents were so supportive I loved it yeah some of the yeah what is it she dresses up as a spaceman or as an astronaut for his first show yeah, they all think it's him in the costume, and mm-hmm. she's out there dancing. And I'm so curious, like, could she actually dance, or was this... Oh, I don't know. I mean, she made out with Jim Morrison, so, like, she was on the That's scene for true. some point in her life. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. All I could think of was, like, an MTV Movie Awards opening. That's I what I thought of, too, yeah, because the moon man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, and then he makes awesome. her dress at Nell- as Nelly at one point, which I thought oh, was that- hysterical. <laughs> For the main stage of this huge concert. Yes. He opened for, it was it Snoop? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, and of course she, she, you know, comes on stage and is like, nope, nope, never mind. And like leaves. And I was like, yo, I am totally on board with this. I get it. But she, she yeah. tried. Like, she, that's how much, because I, my, I don't think my mother would have. <laughs> yeah, for I me. can't imagine my mom wearing that clothes. Never mind yeah. agreeing to go on stage in front of that many In front people. of people. Yeah, yeah. no. No. I feel like we should all ask our moms, if I got a rap career. <laughs> what are you willing to do to support? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he puts together his own posse, mm-hmm. which is great. The Baldwin brothers of all things. Yes. It's like, really? Okay. <laughs> um, which his mother's definitely a part of. Yep. <laughs> and then Matthew Robinson, like I mentioned, and then his DJ friend who we met in college, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I think just, like, he was getting ready to set up for a party, and he was like, cool, want to be my friend? Yeah, that's what it sounds like, <laughs> yeah. which is very college, yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, so, okay, so it is the same Matthew that he does the podcast with? Correct, yeah. Okay, good. Because I was curious, especially after after the whole thing that happens to him in Jamaica, and there is, like, a brief, like, occasionally I still sing, or, like, I still rap. I think he's, like, done it once or twice since. Mm-hmm. And... You know, like, and then basically he says, if you want to know what I've been up to since, here's my website. Right. It's like a really quick wrap up. And I was like, okay, but you kind of exploded justifiably. And it wasn't just your career that you kind of tanked. Mm -hmm. Are you guys all still cool? (laughs) And so it is good to know that, like, if it's the same guy, then okay, then they're all fine. Yeah. Or at least made it through. Yeah. Yeah. They're obviously very good friends. And, um, I think the DJ has appeared on their podcast, so he's still in touch with them. I okay, think he, good. I think he just went on to to be a you know a sort of average kind of guy. Like I don't I don't think he has a music career or anything like that. But I think he's still in touch. Yeah, but it's good to know that yeah that they were able to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this could have been, and there is probably for this book written probably five or ten people that went on to you know fall down a hole of drugs and alcohol and right who knows where they came out the other end and yeah i mean he specifically uh, yeah. mentions dj am who committed suicide a few years ago yeah. and, um, and there's also people you know obviously who hit it big who forgot him right away so it you know and he's actually really charitable about it he mentions you know it might have been they forgot about me but also i kind of disappeared for a while so it's entirely possible i forgot about them first right um yeah. Which I imagine is a bit of that, you know, that I'm sure there are people who get famous who just forget who got him there. But I also think he was, you know, he was in a really dark place. He disappeared from the world for a while. And it's hard to reestablish contact with people after that. Yeah. Especially when their career takes off and... They become insulated. Yeah, exactly. It's not just picking up the phone anymore. Right. So a couple of those friends were Will I Am. Yep. uh, Which was a really cool story because Will I Am was essentially on his way to becoming this and uh and they became friends during that time which was really cool um which i couldn't figure out if they parted on good terms or not or i think theirs was more of like just yeah i think they just stopped talking yeah um yeah so will i am is in a position he's still sort of a politically conscious rapper at the time that he encounters jensen and then the label's looking to get rid of him. And in the next year, with Jensen's help, but just in general, he switches over to what we now know the Black Eyed Peas as. Mm-hmm. Elephant comes out, crashes the charts and that kind of thing. Um, but Jensen was there for him the year. It looked like he might get dropped from their scope. Um, yeah. But I think at that point, Jensen is also, in, you know, when they, come, when they uh, get big, Black Eyed Peas, I mean, Jensen is in the middle of trying to make his own album. So I think it was just a matter of timing more than anything else. They did something together. I feel like they actually had... I believe that Something Changed song that yeah. he almost put on the album that actually came out, but then DJ Homicide um, wouldn't clear his part of the song, so they had to show it. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, right now I'm getting him and Kanye's story confused. Cause, oh, like, right. I'm... The whole Kanye thing is, yeah. is bizarre. It's mind-blowing. Um, <laughs> William does owe him some money, too. 
Yes. Um, he had hired him to, he wanted him to work on a script uh, based on songs That's he was recording. It. That's what it was. That's promised, where, yeah. Promised him $3,500 no matter what happened. And then he never got paid and they stopped taking yeah, Jensen's calls and he, you know, never got paid. Right. But then it was weird because Will called him a couple years later. It was like, I'm so something. sorry they made me do that. Yeah. And he wants him to write something else for him, and that yeah. just never happens. It's yeah. not that he brings him off the side, it just doesn't come together. Yeah. Yeah. Still never gets Well, I am's got though. some big ideas, though. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But Kanye also. Yeah, if he puts out money. a book. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the love... whole Kanye thing was insane. Yeah. I love where he puts it in the book, too, because, you know, obviously the name of the book, mm-hmm. so you're expecting it right away. Right. But he lets it go chapters, and you kind of, you know, if you were looking at the title, you kind of forget that, like, oh, this is the thing I'm looking for right mm-hmm. now. You, yeah. you get swept up in the story effectively enough, and then it's, what is it, like, 19-year-old Kanye shows up in the middle of this book? <laughs> yeah, which, so, I've always, like, I know who Kanye is. Mm-hmm. He's just never been on, really on my radar. Like I don't, I couldn't name a song that Kanye has sang. Like he's just. Oh man, I love Kanye. Well, <laughs> love is the wrong term. Um, I love Kanye's music. I guess is what I have to say now. <laughs> yeah, like I, which I feel bad, but I'm just like he's I, he's just always been there in my opinion. I'm just like he's there. You know, I know he does stuff, mm-hmm. and but listening to. Kanye sounds like both a very intelligent, driven man who is insane. I think that's probably a good summary. <laughs> yeah. He is, especially at that point, you know, where he was in his life, either he is incredibly unaware of social cues or chose to just ignore them. Because mm. the book makes the point of, you know, like, he jumps up on the table and raps at mm-hmm. a time where no one yeah. thinks he's a good rapper. Right. He's always in restaurants trying to, what the, you know, asking the waitresses if they want to rap, and they never want one, and he does one for them anyways. So <laughs> this guy can't help himself, which is, as you know, Jensen says as well, it's probably why he managed to be successful. But at the same time, that's hard to watch when they're not successful yet. Yeah. Yeah. But he definitely had already had a place in the business world. Um, yeah, creating beats, be, right? Yeah. He was like, yeah. he was a well respected producer who. It was supposed to be like, if you couldn't afford just Blaze, mm-hmm. yeah. hired Kanye West. Right. And then he sort of frog leaped just Blaze because Jay-Z hooked up with him. Yeah. And then right. at some point along the way, uh, he just threw the wire with his mouth still wired shut. And that catches. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I, and, yeah. But just hearing about early Kanye and from this perspective of like, I'm going to tell you all these things that were said about him. If as long as you remember, like I didn't make it and he did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he has that bit he keeps coming back to in the book where like he'll mention a group or a band (laughs) who gets, uh, who's won a Grammy or multiple Grammys and they'll throw it in parentheses. So-and-so never won a Grammy. Just pointing that out. (laughs) I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But the Kanye story is amazing. And then they run into him. Kanye shooting a video. In old yeah. man makeup. I've never seen this video. I no, don't know where I... it is. But, like, um, and that made me think of, I guess for a while, Kanye West was going to have, like, an improv show on HBO or something like that that never went to pilot. Mm-hmm. But it just made I me think like of that. I feel like that sounds like, familiar. Yeah, that, 
He's an interesting guy. Oh, and the bit about him, he'd play his own, he'd play his own music and then rap along to it, like, opening his mouth. He wouldn't say the words, but he'd, like, lip sync along to it. Yeah. And that, I don't know if you've ever seen the Aziz Ansari routine about Kanye West, but he makes the point that he comes over to Kanye West's house, and Kanye's like, you want to listen to some music? And he's like, yeah, great, put on some music. And what does Kanye put on? He puts on his own album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and like, not like this is a listening party, but like, this album's been out for a while. How about we listen to it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so I also like, oh, like okay, so that... he's the same guy still. <laughs> yeah. I like that uh, the first time they meet, like, Jensen walks in and very, like, casual clothing and, like, Kanye's done up for a rapper. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and but, like, uh, but also with his own flair, like like still two yeah, things are a little too, too baggy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, and then he's like, oh, thank God, you're very casual and cool. And like the next day, he kind of wears more normal clothes that are yeah. still very Kanye. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say what we were sort of Kanye 1.0 when the first time we meet Kanye. Yeah. As, yeah. as a rapper, like the clothes he used to wear. That's how he dresses back. Yeah. Did yours? Did yours have the the end with the contest? Jensen's idea to promote the book. No, that's new to your version oh. of the book. Do you guys Wait, know what? about this? No, <laughs> oh I knew there was an extra chapter, but I couldn't find it. I wasn't sure what it was. Okay. What? Yeah, so you got to fill it in. Jensen had this idea. Um, they had settled on like the title and stuff, and they were tra- he was trying to think of ways to market this book. So. He had this really great contest idea that even included a, a video with a cameo from Ryan Phillippe. Basically, he was going to tell why Kanye owes him the 300 bucks, and the contest was, if you can get Kanye to pay me back the 300 bucks, I'll give you, as a prize, $10,000. Holy shit. <laughs> he had convinced two different companies to give him 5000 bucks each in return for their, you know, mention of their names and whatever in the video. Um, right. So <laughs> he's putting it together. He's hiring a director, film crew. And then a little voice is like, oh, maybe I should talk to a lawyer. So he calls an attorney, you know, a lawyer's office where they are, they specialize in sweepstakes. And he talks about this untraditional idea that he has. He lays the whole thing out, including the cameo by Ryan Phillippe and everything. And he's like, so that's it. And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> she's like, you cannot do this. People get killed for a few thousand dollars every single day. Like, you're opening yourself up to lawsuits. What if someone gets hurt? What if he gets hurt when someone's trying oh, to God, get him to yeah. pay this money? Right, yeah, like, somebody try to shake him down physically. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he didn't really have a backup marketing plan, so I think he called three other attorneys or something, and all of them, no, they all were like, you cannot do this. <laughs> okay, good. That no. makes me feel better. <laughs> um, but then he was talking to uh, the company... Uh, the company that did the real world and that does Keeping Up with the Kardashians, uh, talking to them mm. about a music-based reality show. Um, and they asked him, you know, how you're planning on uh, promoting your book. So he tells them the idea, and they freaking love it. Like, they're like, oh, do, <laughs> no. do you want to ask Kanye? Because he's in that room right over there. We can go ask him. He'll oh, love shut it. Shut up. He's changed. He's so chill. Like, they basically spend their time, because conv- Jensen had already figured that Kanye would hate this idea like maybe like to try to get him involved or something to like pay the mm-hmm. first person or something you know so he's in he's in on the no you know so they yeah, so it's not just out of the blue right 
So they convince him, and he's like, sure, go ahead. So they, he's not there when they pitch it to him, and he goes about his business for the day. And he's, like, waiting and waiting. He's not getting a phone call from them. So finally he calls them to see how it went, and they're like, not so good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised, but. No. Right. Uh, apparently Kanye was happy to hear that Jensen was doing well. Uh, but that he found the book's title and the video idea to be opportunistic. <laughs> but this was one of my favorite parts because Jensen writes, which, yeah, and then in all caps, no shit, dude, they are. And he says, coming, <laughs> coming from the guy who takes advantage of every Taylor Swift diss and stage rushing moment he can get his hands on, this feels real kettle versus pot. Did Kanye pay him? Huh? Did Kanye pay him? No. <laughs> and the contest, as far as I know, no. And uh, the, the contest did not happen. But he did say he looked at Kanye's Twitter, and about an hour after Jensen had left that you know, production company to go about his day, Kanye tweeted something like, don't try to use me for advertisement or to, to make something relevant or something like that. So I was like, even oh though I can't say for sure it was me. Eh. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh. Did they have a falling out? Like, I, I reread the chapter where they're on set and he sees Jensen and, like, literally just walks away a few yeah. times. And I was like, that was, did, did, the, did I miss where something happened? That was when he was dressed up as, like, the old yeah, man, the right? Old man. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, I think it's unclear because I don't think Jensen knows either. Like, he tries okay. to puzzle it out, but he can't make sense of it. Yeah. He's, you know, he says, like, maybe it's because I wouldn't let him guest on that remix. Maybe it's because of this, maybe it's because of that. Maybe he just didn't recognize me. But the <laughs> yeah, fact yeah. is, everything stopped the moment he saw me and walked away. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the remix where he let two rappers on <laughs> that never made it big. Right, that you still never heard of. And right. one of their friends. <laughs> yes. And But they all denied Kanye. Yeah, Kanye gets to yell the chorus at some point, but he's like yeah, one of yeah. 20 voices or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's bizarre. Kanye is such a bizarre man. Yeah. I like want him yeah. to write a biography because I kind of want to know like the insanity, but... <laughs> well, there's so much know. in those, what is it, two chapters, I think he appears in total, but you know, you talk about how enthusiastic he is because at one point um jensen mentions him in the rap he's like no one's ever done that before who wasn't oh, yeah. a friend of mine and he's so excited about it so there's this like really childlike excitement to him but at mm -hmm. the same time you know you, you can see the part that becomes the west we know today as well yeah. like, there's this sort of unending egotism to all of them this desire to put him in the, in the middle of any room he's in yeah it's it's interesting to kind of i don't know like, he definitely isn't trying to portray anybody in a negative light, even any people that straight up yeah, left I mean, him he's, hanging. He's remarkably kind to Jimmy Ivan. I don't know if I could yeah. say him. Especially when, oh my god, yeah, that that dinner at the end. Oh. Where his kid's like, what happened to you? I loved you. Yeah. And he's like. Oh man, yeah. Didn't look at his dad and go, I don't know what happened to me. Yeah. Right. He definitely took the high road on that one instead of, you know. Uh, yeah, I would have been so tempted to do that. Exactly. Like, oh, I don't know, talk well, to let's him. talk to your dad. <laughs> yeah. 
I really liked when, you know, he's still in the midst of working on his album and everything. He gets tapped to do the song for NBA Live. And then every rapper who appears on there also gets a character that the players can unlock. <laughs> so he goes to like talk about us. So they get like his measurements or whatever, all that stuff. And they ask him, what do you want like your your player rating to be like from one to 100? Like Shaq would be like a 92. So other rappers are picking 92, 99, like high 90s, 80s. He's like mm-hmm. 75. <laughs> <laughs> And they're and like, I, are you sure you can pick yeah. any number? He's like, no, that feels about right. Like, oh, yep. 75. And I liked that his thought process was, well, my rap career has been based on my authenticity, so I can't in good conscience pick <laughs> in 90s, 80s. It's got to be real. So I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a really good dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> all the kids that find him that are like, well, I can't play you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And what did he want? Is he wanted his password to be Jewish, and they wouldn't let him do it? Like, because they're all unlockable <laughs> by learning a code. Yes. Like, like, so what do you want your code to be? And he suggests Jewish. And like, no, that that's not going to work for yeah. us. You're going to need to do something else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, California. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like playing the game, and someone insults his music. Yeah. Yes, and he he's he's on like whatever it's called now, PS Live or whatever. Yeah. And it's uh, like, oh, you've got the same name as this rapper guy. It's like, yeah, yeah, you do. Man, that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Just takes off his headset yeah. and logs off the game. Yep. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine some yeah. punk kid. Who was also, I would not be surprised if the punk kid was just like, I don't know, probably really didn't hate the music. Right. Just no, it's probably, the thing like, you say. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's a, th- you know, it, who knows if it was real trash talk or he was just talking about the character as a playable character in the game. You know, you never That's know. what I thought, too, yeah. was like, he, he was talking about how the character sucks, which is like legitimately what he was created for. But, but then he was like, I took off my headphones and I was like, oh, I guess he was insulting your music. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> I like that he gets out of the business completely. Um, yeah, he doesn't fight at the uh, AR thing. Yeah, he doesn't go yeah, the he... AR route, which is essentially like the person who is your contact to the record company while you're working on everything. Uh-huh. Um, because he never wanted to do this to anybody else. And right. he, he couldn't have yeah. lived with himself. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really good idea from a mental health standpoint to just get away from yeah. music at that point for him. But I also appreciated how it wasn't just like, I need a break from this it was there was a real sort of principled reason for it like yeah. i can't be in a business where i might have to do this at some point to somebody else right i get it but also part of me is like why didn't you just try to go find another record company i think he was just sort of broken you know like just yeah. everything that was going on um and you know he talks about a little bit you know he tried to do some writing and things like that it just wasn't it wasn't coming yeah and so yeah and I think part of it is, too, he had so defined himself by his ability to battle and finding out yeah. he couldn't do that anymore, right. he couldn't effectively do that anymore. I imagine that kind of crushed him as well. Right. Even more yeah. of a blow. And also maybe he trusted this company. He trusted Jimmy when he had said at the beginning he wasn't going to shelve him for Eminem or anything like that. And Right. Kind of, yeah, messes with your head. You know, can I trust another record company to not shelve me for whatever reason, like any right. any reason mm-hmm. that they could possibly come up right. with? Like, he worked really yeah. hard 
on this album, you know, and now it's never going to get heard. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that kills me is like, I don't think any of those songs are going to get heard. It's yeah. wild. You know? No, and listening to him, because he raps a little in the audiobook, but most of it's done. I can't remember if I said this before the podcast or on it, but. I think it was before most, you mentioned it. Uh, most of the rap is done by a Shakespearean, uh, an English Shakespearean theater actor. Uh, in part because, especially the raps from like when he's a kid and stuff, he's like, I no longer feel comfortable saying these things. Yeah. Mm. Um, and in part, it's just like, he doesn't want to do it, but he does rap a little. And I was like, wow, like, obviously the guy has talent. Like mm-hmm. this is every, this book proves that this guy has talent, but also then hearing him, it was like, yeah, I would have bought your album for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I also appreciated him looking back and kind of him not feeling comfortable saying things and recognizing, ugh, using the homophobia or ugh, like <laughs> the Aisha. I mean, he was 12 years old when he wrote this, but he was 12 <laughs> and knew that a line like, oh, Aisha, I had her. She's nothing. That'll be a good line to put in a song where as right. now he's looking back like, ugh. Yeah, I and, appreciate he didn't hide them. Like he acknowledged right. he wrote these things and he not just said them, but at the same time, he's like, also, this is really terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. And this was a thing that was terrible in the industry as well, not just me, you know, right. that he was calling out, like, this is things that were acceptable for us to say right. 15 years ago. Yeah. That and yeah. Uh, him trying to take advantage of that Latin explosion that happened in the late oh 90s. My God. <laughs> Though he is not at all Latin in any way. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, Caliente Carlito. Mm-hmm. Although that is the song that got Jimmy's attention. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. Like, oof. What they were looking for, that that stuck out to them. I mean, obviously, he must be really talented. But at the same time, that they looked at that and were like, ooh, that's really offensive. Well, yes, yeah. bring them into our office immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wish I could just clip the audiobook and put it in. But I feel like... <laughs> A lot of copyright laws, but <laughs> it was at my library. If it's at someone's library, all you got to do is just go listen to a very British guy rapping <laughs> this song. It's wonderful. Filled with bad Spanish. Like, yes. Spanish I knew by reading wasn't correct. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, the, the added factor of that rap is incredibly performative and like anything like beef you think is had and, and rap is most likely not real. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like he insults Tyrese. Yes. Oh my God. Never met Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he keeps it going it, like all yes. throughout. <laughs> For years. <laughs> and also maybe Tyrese knew, maybe he didn't know. Yeah. Right. But also Tyrese definitely gets manis and petties. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I love that resolution that he runs into Tyrese years later. I guess there's a manicurist that's like next door to one of his galleries. And he sees Tyrese going in there and he tells him, I'm really sorry. Tyrese has no idea who this guy is or yeah. what he's talking about. I mean, he doesn't explain it. He just nope. says, I'm really sorry. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> oh, God. And then he has beef with Pink. Oh, oh yeah. right. Which was... <laughs> Terrifying. That is not someone I would want mad at me. No, especially <laughs> it's not that era pink. Like, yeah. wow. No, yeah. Yeah. He, like, m- mentions having a three-way with her in a song, and she, 
hears it and like for days is like calling trying to get his number just to like beat him up or yep. something yeah that's what it sounds like face. give me his information i want to find mm-hmm. and uh and she's like she definitely can <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all those sort of micro uh encounters he has like he runs into christina aguilera at a club yes. she finds out his <laughs> name best. and she can't stop laughing because she knows yeah. what it means yeah <laughs> <laughs> which he said was part of the fun part of that like the only fun part of that name was seeing who recognized what it meant right had no idea yes. what it meant <laughs> I think her, was it her assistant or publicist, someone that was close to her loved him, loved, but had no right. idea what his name was, just thought his name was Carl, and so he's hot yeah. Carl, and in, she's so earnestly trying to introduce him to Christina, and she just <laughs> can't stop laughing. <laughs> yes. And then he raps for Missy Elliott in the streets. Oh, my oh God. And it doesn't go well. Which, no, oh, that not made at me all. so uncomfortable. <laughs> That was with the Baca boys, right? They were like, oh, yeah, let's yes. do it. No, that's not what you should be doing. Like, exactly. Poor nervous kid. But like. it did solidify that I think Miss C. Elliott has, like, everything that I see of her. Um, I love her music. And mm-hmm. outside of that, like, she just seems like the nicest person. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, the fact that she tolerated that and she didn't give him a hard time. <laughs> yeah. She was like, she's yeah, just, well, exactly. good luck. <laughs> and then she left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's probably like, who the fuck? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. But... I don't know. She just always seems incredibly nice. And I was like, this helps solidify for that for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, just an example of his writing style, I really like the way he sequences that too. Like he's talking about, I can see what's going to happen, but I can't do anything about it. Like he already knows <laughs> that they're going to do this. He's just frozen waiting yeah. for it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> just like, get inside, get inside. <laughs> and then the, uh, valet guy gives him a dollar. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> He's like, this might have been change. <laughs> but I'm going to, like, take the dollar and assume that it was my first street tip. Yep. Yep. Which is so great. And also him, uh, when he's hanging out with Mark McGrath, they do a song. And oh, I think this is, I think it's his 21st birthday because he asked him, what are you doing for your birthday? And he says he's yes. going to get pizza with his parents who are getting divorced. And Mark's like, you just made pizza sad. Come out with me. I've got like a That's VIP right. yeah, section or whatever. Yeah. Orders bottle of bottles of Cristal, just one after the other, and he ends up blacking out and wait. Then waking up in a planter, I think, like or bushes, in a yard, or like that, bushes yeah. somewhere with a bottle of Cristal, <laughs> which he's like hugging as if yeah. it's a, like a toy. <laughs> it's a child. Um, and then he gets the call from Mark that says he woke up with a Virgin Mary tattoo on his neck that he doesn't remember getting. And he's also not very religious. So. I was going to say, which is really interesting because he's not religious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, then he then uh, was... turned him down the next time Mark was like, hey, want to come hang out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was something innocuous, too. It's like, you're going to get together and play video games. And yeah, or... Jensen even knew that that was going yeah. to have a disaster. And sure enough, yes. there's some reference to it there, like, I know that, you know, he doesn't know if they went out and got tattoos, but he right. knows they had a very good time. Yeah. <laughs> he also mentions that uh, Mark McGrath can't sing. Yeah. But he or feels did... like it, yeah. yeah. He makes or at the least whole feels point. like it, yeah. Yeah. He makes the whole point that he doesn't want anyone to watch him when he's recording because he can't let anyone know exactly how good or bad he sings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I thought was uh, kind of endearing. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, that was the time where... A lot of, like, I guess auto-tune was new, mm. and uh, there definitely were a lot of people singing that shouldn't have been. Yeah, and they used it a lot more subtly back then. Like, now they use it to give you that robot voice they 
push it exactly. all, the way, yeah. all the way to yeah. the extreme. But at that time, they used it as what it was originally intended for, which is like pitch management, you know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is interesting, the, like, slide marks that he makes about people that you're like, okay, you're clearly not a fan of this <laughs> band. Well, even, you know, he clearly likes... Just, we were just talking about oh uh, McGrath himself, but then he makes right. the reference to like um, never admitting that he likes Sugar Ray or that he had listened to Sugar Ray. So yes. yes, he likes yes. the man. He does not care for his music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, you know, I wish my early twenties were this fun and fascinating, well, but I, I also don't <laughs> I don't know if I would have come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. As healthy. Yeah. Or stable, you know. It is like, I you know he did. It does look like he acted a little bit, um, and maybe a. What was I reading this? He appeared in VH1's Barely Famous, playing mm-hmm. uh, a boyfriend, which was like a, a reality TV parody. Right. Um, and. But he never did, like, he could have easily gone on to some kind of, like, VH1 reality show where it was, right. like, you know, and well, he could another tried... one of those drunks that are like, when I was almost big, and, you know. Yeah. Or he could have yeah. tried to resurrect his music career during one of those. Never yes. That. Yeah. He does, yeah. I don't know if you guys, have you ever seen the parody Burning Love with, like, um, it's a bachelor parody that the guys from the state made, or several of the guys from the state made. Oh, no. Well, one of the dates is they're supposed to go and learn how to uh, battle rap. Oh, nice. And oh, the guy who shows up is Jensen. <laughs> the guy who's going to teach uh, them is Jensen Carp. That's uh, so Which cool. I didn't know until it was in retrospect, because I had seen that before I started listening to the podcast. But yeah, he's the guy that shows up. And like Martin Starr, I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah. He's an actor. Yeah. Martin Starr is one of the possible. Um, bachelors and he's doing terribly he's this nerdy guy and on the battle rap one like he's awesome at it but it it terrifies the bachelorette like she's afraid of how good he is at it (laughs) oh my god i want to see that i love martin star (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really really like i don't know i've been in kind of one of those moods it's not like i necessarily want to read books with happy endings but i I'm trying to read more feel good stuff. I've definitely come about out of my, like I've read a lot of thrillers and people are dying and like mm. angst books. Yes. And like, this was a good one to do because yeah. this could have gone so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like I was texting you guys in the middle, I realized he's dating or is engaged to Danielle Fisher, which yes, like, yep. also made me happy for her because I know she also went through a really rough period in mm. the early two thousands Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, I watched Girl Meets World, so, like, I knew she was doing all right. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really good to see, like, that her personal life seems to be going well, too. Yeah, she'll so. occasionally show up on the podcast, and, and that's fun, too. Yeah. Well, uh, she, I need to listen to this, yeah. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the whole premise is, like, they tell you, like, new stuff that you might not know about that you should get into. And a lot of it's hip-hop-based because, you know, he's still connected yeah. with a lot of people in the industry. Um, but she'll occasionally show up, and her whole thing is, like, she likes stuff, but she's not passionate about anything. So, like, she's such a contrast to him. They'll be like, you know, they had to wait, like, I forget how long in line for the movies. And she was like, 
let's just go. We can just go home. <laughs> <laughs> and his whole personality is completely opposite. Like, yeah. he gets really into stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it seems like they're a nice contrast. Yeah. But, yeah, and it's fun to see her in a different context. Because, yeah, I only knew her from... And I didn't even know her really from Voyager's World because I didn't watch it, but I knew she was on Voyager's mm. World. And then yeah. she hosted, like, a kind of the Soup-esque show oh. probably five or eight years ago. Yep. That was... Right about I forget that. what the specific... There was some specific orientation to it. But she was good at it. But it was, you know, here today, gone tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't know her after that. So, it was, you know, it's nice to see people kind of... Even if you don't see them on your TV day in, day out, that they have lives and they're going forward and they're okay, you know? Yeah. Because there's a lot of ways, I think, we forget there's a lot of ways to be successful in Hollywood. Yeah. After you're not on camera anymore, whether it's executive producing or writing or whatever the case may be. So, this is kind of a cool thing about the book, too, is you, that whole, there's no second act. It turns out there's plenty of second acts. And, yeah. You know, you can get back on the horse in some way or another. Because I think... If you ask him, he's just as happy doing this, if not more happy, what he's doing now. Yeah. Well, at the same time admitting he'd still like to rap again, which I thought was yeah. really poetic. Yeah, he definitely makes it clear, like, if a genie was like, hey, you can be successful and rap and all that, he's like, yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But... But yeah, you're right. There's... One of my... I love when articles pop up where it's like, where are they now? Where it's like these people that especially were kid actors that could have gone on mm. to do amazing things that were like, you know what? I'm done. Became a lawyer. Um, I cannot remember what I was looking at, but it was like everybody, but one person almost got out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is amazing. And yeah. It's like Goonies, the, um, the kid who did, who uh, did the truffle shuffle. He's like one of the most well-regarded um, creative production attorneys yeah. Like, if you really want to make sure you're well represent, represented, he's the guy you go to. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And so, like, he's doing perfectly well. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, especially when you're a kid actor, like, you're not going to end up there nine times out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's such an unhealthy path. Yeah. As we've seen numerous other times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the top card. What, what the name is. Um, yeah, if you want to know, just go to UrbanDictionary.com. We don't need to yes. talk about what but it actually don't means. Don't do it on your work computer. <laughs> don't do it. Like, yeah, do it this is home. not safe for work. You didn't do it on your work computer, did you? Oh, no, no. I, I just got okay. the cut from the book when he said it. And I was okay. like, okay, I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to explore that further. <laughs> yep, that's enough. <laughs> oh, the one thing we didn't talk to, the one person who I thought was great was he talked about hanging out with Gerardo, the singer of Rico oh, Suave. Oh, my gosh. That's oh, right. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Gerardo, they decide to. He's been an AR guy forever, and somebody decides, like, oh, we should do one more Gerardo album. And Gerardo's like, yeah, that sounds fun. So he hires Jensen to be, like, his hype man for one a one night only kind of gig. And Jensen goes out there and, like, tortures the crowd, mm-hmm. like, oh, you think he's going to come out here and be the same old guy, but it's been years and years, and, you know, he's not into that. And then Gerardo comes out and. He's put in hair extensions because he doesn't have long hair anymore. He's wearing the same exact jacket he wore in the mm-hmm. music video. And <laughs> he and Jensen work together on a new song, so he does a new song. It just, Gerardo seemed amazingly game for anything. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I was going to say, this is semi-unrelated, but my wife and I went and saw a concert that had KT Tunstall and uh, Better Than Ezra on the bill. And both of them were big 20 years ago. 
Uh, but both of them just had a ton of fun being up there, and it was an amazing concert to watch for that reason. You were like, well, you know, I haven't really listened to these people in this long, but they had so much fun, and you could just tell that they loved making music, and they were totally not worried about, like, are we the coolest band on earth anymore, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And that's sort of the vibe that Gerardo gives off. Is like, he doesn't care one way or another, he's just having fun. And, like, yeah. that's why he made music in the first place. So yeah. That's cool to see. Yeah, see, you don't have to go on this, like, never-ending, returning, trying to come back to fame. You yeah. can just yeah. I'm, know I, your place. <laughs> and I think that's sort of the biggest thing about the book that I really appreciate is he doesn't really mythologize anyone. Like, yeah. he's fair right. to everybody, but mm-hmm. he doesn't make anybody seem larger than life. Yeah. Right. Which is cool. He even meets, like, his childhood idol. Right. Yeah, MC Search, yep. Yeah, and it's it's neither the most amazing thing in the world, nor is it like the whole never meet your idols thing. It's just right. it it's is. Very, it's very business, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's hiring to help out with the song. Right. Someone who did not seem as cool as Gerardo, Fred Durst. Oh yeah, what let's yeah. talk about Fred Durst. <laughs> God. Which like is he still around? First of all, I don't know. <laughs> From what I understand, he hosts a jazz night in, in uh, Hollywood like once a week. What? He's like super into jazz now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Not <laughs> what I was expecting. Okay. No, no, decidedly not. And he also, he's big on, or he doesn't have a ton of it, but he really likes to produce movies. He's super into movies, so I think everyone's hmm. probably personally in a movie. Huh. But that seems to be the only two things. Okay. But, yeah. I, um,. So when the radio station is going to play Carl's song and Fred Durst is there and after and Fred's like, mm, he's a nerd. It's not for me. And Jensen flips out and calls the radio station. It's like, like, put, put, me, on on the, right put now. me on the air. <laughs> like, I'll battle him right now. Right. <laughs> but then my favorite was that his call waiting beeps and it's his mom. She's like, who is Fred Durst? And she's like, I can't get through to the radio station. She's like, wait, what are you doing? She's like, I've been calling them. And he's like, stop calling them mom. <laughs> And she doesn't. And she, <laughs> she totally No, she doesn't. Calling. She tells him she does. He does. That she's gonna. And then uh, she'll stop. She promises. And then he talks to the DJ who wouldn't let him through. And he's like, listen, he took it. You know, he makes Fred Durst essentially uh, admit it's a joke on the air. Although I yeah. don't think Fred Durst meant it as a joke. No. Um, no, I don't think so. No, he no. <laughs> And the DJ comes back to um, Jensen. And he's like, see, don't worry about it. Like, And all the calls were negative. Like, one person called and said he sounded stupid and he's fat. Yep. And then he calls his mom back to tell him what ha- happened, and she, and she says to him in some like very affected accent that exact phrase. Yep. So it was her. She didn't listen so to him. She good. called in and made, <laughs> and made that joke, and that was the one thing that the DJ remembered. Yes, his <laughs> parents are there for him. Yes. <laughs> like, they're in his corner. <laughs> even like like the release of this song on the radio, like he was like my grandmother was even listening, yes. though I don't know if it was the right station or not. <laughs> Right, but she's like, I think she calls him. About it. Yeah, <laughs> which is just—it's so great. Yes. Yeah. That family support. Is, yeah, and, his family support is amazing. Yeah. And then Durst shows up again later because yeah. he agrees to guest on a track because mm-hmm. he's going to get a ton of money for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he ditches again when it becomes clear that Jensen's stock yeah. is falling. Just company. doesn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. He doesn't show up the first time. He says, "Oh, mm-hmm. I just forgot about it." Yeah, he just forgot the first time. He yeah. Which I can't really... figure out what I think of Fred Durst. Like even before this, it was like it's like someone occasionally that I'm like, what do I think of Fred Durst? <laughs> and 
this didn't help? No. No, decidedly not. Listen to the radio thing because I was like, no, I think that they basically just made you, like you were saying, Tim, like, mm, the radio may have just made you say, actually, no, I'm just kidding. I really liked it. I might sign him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. exactly. Ridiculous. Not everything has to be a competition. Right. Exactly. But he feuded with Eminem too, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so the whole thing about that story is at the MTV Movie Awards, they wanted somebody to come on with Christina Aguilera, and I guess they threw money at Fred Durst, so he agreed to do it. And then when he showed up on stage, uh, a lot of like the rap rock people were like, you sold out, you're a big loser, blah, blah, blah. And rather than be like, screw you guys, I just like music, Fred Durst's response was, oh, I didn't have sex with you. Oh, uh, no. And so then Jensen, or not Jensen, so then Eminem references that moment, um, to make fun of Fred Durst because yeah. Christina Aguilera came back and said, no, I'm with, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Total Request Live host. Carson Daly? Carson Daly. She was with Carson Daly at the time. So Eminem makes a reference to the fact that you know, the only way it would have worked out is if he was having a threesome with the two of them. Um, and then that started a feud between <laughs> uh, oh, Fred Durst and him because, you know, God forbid that you're in the same room as another man. <laughs> yes. Can't have that. Well, Eminem has his own homophobia. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's another podcast, though. Mm-hmm. And actually, that gets the point that's made in the book. Like, nobody does that anymore, except for Eminem. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Has he had an album out recently? Uh, earlier this year, and it, or maybe late last year. It was okay. not good. Not good. Really? Okay. He did. He did a song with Beyonce that barely charted, just to let you know how wow. it was. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Also, the fact that neither of us knew this. Nope. <laughs> right. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Eminem's had a good long career. If he's done or whatever, then that's fine. Yeah, there was a time he used to talk about if he was still rapping at this point in his life, someone should just you know take him out to pasture kind of thing. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he he was acknowledging you know rap is largely a young man's game. Yeah. Uh, but apparently he forgot his lesson. Yeah. <laughs> or he thinks his mid forties is still right. Young, he's eternal. Which... Everyone else is old, but he's eternal. Exactly. Which, to be fair, there's nothing like your forties are fine. You're right. still yeah. young. And he still looks good for forty something, especially considering you know he had to deal with addiction and things like that. But like, right. he's not the zeitgeist like he used to be, and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. It's just right. it's not like rock. There's no, it's really no old folk station for uh, rap at this point. No, there's no, there's <laughs> no. no like, there's no like adult contemporary rap that's out there. Listening rap. <laughs> but do people like stop listening to rap? Like, what is that? I, don't know. I think you listen to the old stuff or you get into the new stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you talk know, about the, how it was back in your day. Right. And the evergreen artists, like Run DMC will still occasionally release stuff, but it'll never be on the radio. So like if That's you're true. a serious Run DMC fan, you'll probably buy the album, but no one else will know it's out there. Right. And, you know, maybe in their 50s or 60s we'll have that sort of return. Like we <laughs> saw with, you know, rock artists who suddenly started to show up at like Britney Spears concerts and the Super Bowl and things like that. You know, there's that second act where, like, I grew up liking you. I'm going to bring you on to be part of my show kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this generation and their, uh, uh, oh, shit. Nostalgia. <laughs> That's the word I was looking there you for. Go. Nostalgia. Damn millennials. Yep. 
Aren't we all technically millennials on this podcast? I, I am yeah. very much, yes. Yeah. I'm very <laughs> much someone who are, yells loudly at people. Killing all those industries like, out there. For, yeah. I can't even think. Like what? Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Chain restaurants, you, I think, was one. Did you hear the newest one? Oh, what is it? Hooters. Oh, oh yes, I did hear that one. And the headline was, because millennials don't like breasts. Yes, that's oh, what yeah, it was. That's exactly Which is why. like, of all the possible reasons... Oh yeah, that's the one that I would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Millennials hate breasts. That's why not yep. the food isn't very good, yes. or I don't know that casual misogyny. We're just not as big fans yeah. of as we once were. Or we're as I said not. online, we don't really like the orange shorts and the having to wear tan tights all the time. It's yeah. Not our thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, Hooters was our uh, Christmas dinner meal for like a few years in a row. Like well, we'd have a, like a, a big. Restaurant. Well, it, yeah. No, I've been going to Hooters <laughs> off and on since I was like. Nine. I don't know why. It's just a thing. Um, and I don't mind their chicken wings, but like, I also don't go out of my way to go to Hooters. Yeah. So. Like, there was one time, like, we would get wings and watch football usually. Um, and my dad was like, oh, maybe I'll get them from Hooters because they are actually pretty good. And I was like, really? And then he got them and I was like, these are terrible. <laughs> I don't like these at all. My. My brother-in-law, my younger brother-in-law, made it his mission at one point in his mid-teens that every time he went on vacation with his parents is to try to convince them to go to Hooters so he can get a t-shirt. It was very short-lived. I think they made it to two or three restaurants before they pulled the plug on that particular mission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm trying to think. It's probably been five or six years since I've been to one, and now I'm trying to think, like, is it a nostalgia thing? And that's why I like them, because I all I can think is, like, if I went and ate their wings today it would kill my stomach oh right the yeah just like the thought of the grease and the The frying yeah yeah Yeah. i did see this one which i loved it was a tweet um says i keep seeing an article claiming millennials killed mayonnaise when in fact we put it in drag and called it aioli and honey let me tell you she is alive yes (laughs) i saw that too and i loved it so much So, but yeah, yeah, as Veronica Mars is coming back, which I'm really excited, but then I'm like, okay, that's the line. We're done with nostalgia. Because <laughs> all I'm waiting for is Joss Whedon to be like, okay, let me make myself relevant again. Can we bring back Firefly? And I'd be like, no. Oh. Oh, yeah. I love Firefly, but maybe do comics if you really want to bring it back. Right. Exactly. I think there is one actually now. Yeah. I think they announced few, it at San Diego. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's also he's still right. going in comic form, and I do still follow follow those trades. I think the next one's is coming that, out soon. Is that Christos Gage writing that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> he was for a while, and I'm a big Christos Gage fan. In addition to him being a good writer, his middle his last name is my middle name, so oh, okay. I feel like I got oh, cool. some love. That's a good name. <laughs> I am curious, like, I keep up with them. I need to sit down and start getting the trades, but, like, I keep mm. up through, like, the Wikipedia of, like, what's going on yeah. in the Buffy world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's one that I'm like, you don't need to bring back Buffy, but have fun in that world? Sure. Create a right. TV show in that world, but don't right. make right. Buffy. Right. Because you activated all the potential slayers. Yes. Right. Pick one. And even, <laughs> and even, you know, if you do it that way, Sarah Michelle Gellar could show up for, you know, Sweets Week or something like that. Right. Exactly. Easy enough right. to do. Yeah, she's currently... 
she and her husband are another one that like I, I think she still acts on occasion. It's been a little while since I've seen her in anything, but she's like a cookbook used to write thing, for right? WWE for a while. Yeah, and like he's know. got a cookbook, and yeah. she's got like a you know coffee she's got a cup. cooking something too, cooking yeah. baking something. Yeah, yeah, they're getting it done. Yeah, they're doing really well, and they make me very happy. Yeah. And they're in love, and that's nice. Yes, yeah. and they're still so freaking cute together. Yes. So. She's she shows up near my office every so often. Well, near my office, about a quarter mile away, with the World Trade Center and the oh, okay. the shopping center that's in front of it. Because she'll post a picture of it, and I'm like, "How much do I want to tell my boss that I'm just going to go wander around the financial district <laughs> until I meet Sarah Michelle Geller And like, because Buffy was my world. Yeah. So. yeah just tell him, oh, I got to step out for a minute. I got to yep. meet my friend Sarah Michelle for right. a little while. Yeah, yep, yeah. She exactly. makes me call her Sarah Michelle. Anyways, um. <laughs> he'd be like, I don't, I don't know who that is. He'd be like, like when, when Alan Rickman died, I went into his office and I was like, Alan Rickman died. And he's like, I, I don't know who that is, Megan. Oh. And I was like, how do you not know? And like I said a few movies, like, oh, okay, I know who that is. And I was like, okay, well, okay. you need to understand this impact that it's having on the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> I need a vacation day. <laughs> Take a bereavement so. day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So, Tim. Yes. We usually That's ask good. our guests <laughs> to come up with a book drink. It can be something you drank while reading it or something that the book really makes you think of or a drink from the book. So, I have two possible options. Oh, I went with, uh, the first was a champagne cocktail because of the night where he ended up clutching a bottle of Cristal. Yep. yep. Um, and the other is uh, Not Your Daddy's Root Beer. Oh. Because oh. Uh, on one of the episodes of Get Up On This, that was his featured choice. Um, so they each choose two things that they recommend, and one of them was, he made the point that, as he makes in the book, I don't really drink much, but I could drink a ton of these. So I was like, well. Oh. All right. <laughs> so those are my two drink choices. I love the not your. <laughs> I love that one. The not yes. your I love it. <laughs> it's so good. I've had it in forever. Yeah, no, I know. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, when was the last time I had one of those? Yeah. Where can I find it? Yeah. <laughs> I like those choices. Yeah. Thank those you. are both great. We'll say both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that would make for a great evening doing both the same Maybe, yeah. night. That's a lot right. of sweet. But, that is a lot uh, of sweet. Maybe Friday night you do this, and then maybe, if not the next night, the next week, then you go to the yeah, other one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And not too oh. many. Don't wake up in the bushes. No. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we talked about redneck um, mimosas on my business trip, which is apparently Bud Light and uh, Sunkiss. Oh, which I was like, first of all, I forgot that that exists. <laughs> That's so much uh, carbonation, though. Oh, yes. man. Oh. No, not Sunkiss. Um, Sunny D. Sorry. Oh. Sunny cool. D, which still. is worse. I'm still like, mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just one step away from uh, Brass Monkey, which is, you know, 40 and orange juice, right? Isn't that, you drink as much of the 40 as you can and then you pour the rest of orange juice? So well, yes. But hopefully you get, like, real orange juice, because right. Sunny D is Sunny not. D is rough. Yeah. 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 Ooh. 
Anyways, those are some terrible drinks you guys yeah, try let's on. Let's not drink those. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back Just to when you mentioned champagne. champagne. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, this is something we talked about. Where if you don't drink champagne, don't drink this. <laughs> All right, so Tim, what's your cover? Because I know yours is different from mine. Yours was a black. So background. mine's a black cover, white writing, and then occasional yellow or like yellow writing, sort of the same color as your cover. The mm-hmm. writing is in. Um, and I think text-wise, it looks exactly the same. Okay. You know, Jensen Carp, formerly known as "quote unquote" Hot Carl. Yep. Um, it's kind of—I don't know why I think this, but it's kind of got like an infomercial look to it. I think it's because yeah. the white rappers in that like uh, scare bo- or uh, scare explosion or whatever you mm-hmm. call that thing. Um, yeah. So I don't really know why. I, I thought maybe it was going to look like one of his album covers, but he has his album covers in the book. And they don't look like this cover. So I don't know what made them choose this look. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly eye-catching. Kanye West owes me $300. That definitely grabs your attention at the, at the top there. But I don't know. Did you guys have different reads on it? Um, mine, since mine's a yellow background, mm-hmm. black, mostly black writing, some gray, and that white, uh, white wrapper is in that like explosion bubble type of thing. Mm-hmm. It actually reminded me of um, Nathan Raven's book and actually like when Chris saw it my husband he saw it he was like wait is that a Nathan Raven book I was like no 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 this is what I'm reading for the podcast and I think it was because it kind of reminds me of Nathan Raven's you don't know me but you don't like me because it's a yellow background pink but I think it's something about that yellow background that made me think of that and then I was actually pleasantly surprised after that when he mentioned Nathan Raven I was going to say I wonder if he was unconsciously persuaded by that yeah Yeah, and I know um, Nathan Raven was has like a, a blockbuster pin that is from Jensen Carp's enamel pin company. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they're in touch with each other or at least yeah. they know each other in some way. Yeah. Interesting. Which we all have connections to Nathan Raven, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he likes the same podcast for a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you want to know more about Nathan Raven, if you happen to be a fan, uh, I believe he was on Best Acquaintances very early on. Yes, he was. His episode was really good, too. Really yeah. yeah. I mean, not as good as mine, but, you know, yeah. it's up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are you guys reading next? Um, Tim, what are you reading next? <laughs> uh, next on my list, I'm actually about tomorrow I go to uh, Arizona for a week. Ooh. So I get to get some good reading in. But uh, on the plane, I'll be bringing with me Ten Dead Comedians by Fred Van Lente. Oh, I saw this book when I was at BookCon. It's a quirk book. It's Mm -hmm. uh, um, a quirk publishing or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Let me know what you think about that. Because it's not one that I picked up. It's one I looked at a few times. And I ended up grabbing three of their other books and couldn't justify a fourth. All right. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, I'll let you know. I know Fred through comics. He's a... Uh, comic book writer that I quite like, and uh, I was interested in the topic. And like I said, I like him as a writer already, so I snagged. Yeah, it's a uh, it, yeah. This was I'm trying to think because I keep getting this is not the anthology. This was uh, this is an actual story. Correct. This is an original book. Yeah. Is it the one with like a house on the cover? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's like a I house on the cover. Book. Yeah. 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 I love quirk books. I don't know. Um... I love the design. Like I love the way they look. Yeah. They do, uh, oh, what is his name? 
the guy that did my best friend's exorcism and oh, uh, Grady Grady Hendrix. Yes, Grady mm-hmm. Hendrix is hit theirs. He does their bleh, he does their they do his books. That's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Right. And um, the Pride and Prejudice Prejudice and Zombies series and them, yeah. yeah. And uh, so like this year of theirs, I've read the new Grady Hendrix, but also the Obama Noir book, Obama Joe Biden Noir book. Oh, so, where they were in the car. Yeah. On the cover, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I have like, they have like a, a romance, uh, choose your own adventure book. Oh, that's cool. Um, which I picked up at BookCon that I need to sit down and read. I, I mean, I picked up like 30 books at BookCon that I all need to sit down and read. So <laughs> that's nothing new. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love when their stuff is, is getting out there. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. on the docket for me next. Yeah, let me know what you think. Definitely will, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you guys have coming up? Yeah. Oh, I am currently reading um, To All the Boys I... uh, Yay! I have (laughs) loved? To All the Boys I Loved Before. I don't know why I always trip up on this uh, title. uh, By Jenny Han. So, this past week, maybe a week and a half ago, I remembered that I had a Nook long before I had an e-reader. Because I just have a, a Samsung tablet now with a bunch of different e-readers. Okay. Um, but prior to that, I had a Nook, and I like bought all these books a couple years ago and then converted to my e-reader and never put the Nook app on there. Mm. So I bought this book back in like to- 2015 or 2016, oh. around the time it came out. Never read it. I have fallen in love with the Netflix movie. Yeah. I'm not going to comment how many times I've watched it, but I've it's definitely... Your post. Yeah, that has shot it to like number one on my list to watch. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Oh my gosh, it's it is one of those movies that Pitch Perfect's on this list for me too. Where it's like if I had a bad day and I just need something light that's going to make me happy, this is that kind of movie. And the it's so well cast. The lead um, girl who I cannot think of her name. I think it's Laura Connor. Anyways, she plays this, like, introverted... Yeah, it is Laura Connor. Okay. Um, the perfect amount of, like, introverted quirky that doesn't feel like the genre kind of has become of, like, this... I'm quirky, but really I'm kind of perfect. And um, it's it's not a new formula, but it's wonderful. So I grabbed the book... And I'm going to read the series very quickly, I'm sure. But it was exactly where I was like, I need something light. This is perfect. Nice. I need something light that's not going to make me yell because of, like, insta-love or anything like that. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, Stephanie, what are you reading next? Um, I'm kind of stuck between two. I've been re-watching Jane the Virgin from season one. Because oh, yes. I need to fill my time until the next and final season starts. Um, oh yeah, and Isabel Allende has been mentioned a couple times as one of Jane's favorite authors, and I was like, you know, I have two of her books, and I know I read The House of the Spirits, which I own, and I have the stories of Eva Luna, but I don't know if I actually read it, so it's going to be one of those two. Okay, I'm adding, I don't know anything about this author, <laughs> so I'm adding The House of the Spirits to my list now. I think that's one of Jane's favorite books. I believe that's the book that her professor at one point is like oh you should read this and she's like mm, i have i love it <laughs> <laughs> okay oh yeah okay 
thank you for that because I don't have a ton of uh, Latin authors that I can follow or like find older works that's not, you know, Thousand Years of Solitude or something like that. Which I don't think I've read that either. So that's kind of like (laughs) on my list in the background. I'm like, I'm going to read that someday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Jane the Virgin is one of those shows Janelle, my wife, really loves. Mm -hmm. And she'll describe the plot to me, but insist that it's fun. (laughs) And I just, I can't believe it. She's like, well, this guy got shot and this person has cancer. Yeah, but it's Um, fun. But it's fun. But. But I had so much fun. I was like, yeah, I'm sure you did. But it's that's a high bar for entry for me to find that to be fun. <laughs> there was one time when I was, oh, no, this was when I was um, getting caught up. I was watching. And Chris happened to walk in at a very intense moment where one character's like, he says something. Wait, Megan, are you caught up? Do you watch Jane the Virgin? Oh, I, I'm spoiled. I'm, I'm okay. a couple seasons behind, but I, I you're not going to spoil anything okay. for me. Um, one character is yelling at someone else, like angry, intense scene. He's like, how long did you leave my sister in a mental institution um, when you knew she wasn't hallucinating? Something like that. And he's like, what is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a very intense moment. It's a telenovela. Like, things get yes. crazy. This is the fun show I love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's a nice oh, contrast so with the rest of the WB, which is, yeah, you know, very intense gritty or um yeah and it also doesn't hit the like the last season of crazy ex-girlfriend got very real for me and it like caused way too many like i had to go see my therapist because i was not okay with the feelings that it caused Mm -hmm. and uh not not like not in a i don't know if you haven't watched the third season of crazy ex-girlfriend like there's a lot of realistic shit that goes down mm-hmm. that makes, if you've ever been in a low point yeah. in your life, you're like, oh, now all these feelings are back. I yeah. need to deal with this. It is. Inten- that's a show. Chris and I started watching Jane and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend together because we didn't watch the first couple seasons, or the, at least the first season. And we're yeah. like, oh, yeah, let's check these shows out. So we were watching them together. He kind of fell off on Jane. And with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, he was like, I, it's, he fell off on that. And I was like, I'm going to keep going. But I, I had to stop at one point. And this was in the first season. I was like, I need a break from Rebecca. And I've done a yes. couple, like at least one rewatch. Mm. And that same thing happened where I was like, I got to space this out. And then with that season, yeah. rewatching that one's going to definitely be uh, not yeah. multiple episodes a day. <laughs> yeah, everybody was like, don't binge it. And I was like, you're yeah. being ridiculous. And then I was like, I binged it. I'm sorry. I'm oh, not no. okay. No, no, no. And yeah. my friend was like, why did you do this? But it's Jane. Covert intense. Yeah. Yeah. Jane the Virgin, on the other hand, like. I just am not caught up because 20 something episode seasons are really hard for oh, me to yeah. get through these days. Like I just, my attention span is not built for it anymore. Um, but it, every episode I've seen is, f- it's fun. Yeah. That's yeah. the best way to describe it. <laughs> Your wife's got it right. <laughs> and Jane is like, she's, I, I love her and I love Gina Rodriguez's portrayal yes. of her. She just brings her to life and just, She's wonderful. I'm like, I just want to find you and be best friends with you. <laughs> yes. Have you seen Annihilation yet? Yes. Oh, she's so good. In she, yes. Very <laughs> different. Everybody's great Jane. in that. But, <laughs> yes. well, well, that's what I love about yeah. it is how different, like, she's got yeah. a completely different character there. And it's, everybody's so great. But I, she really stuck out to me because of that. Yeah. Yeah. She and Tessa Thompson basically stole that movie. Yes. yes. Well, and that's, and Tessa Thompson playing a very untested yeah. Thompson character. Exactly. Well, yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. I, like, Tessa Thompson was in season two of Veronica Mars and like her yes. character is so terrible 
but I always was like, but I love you. Oh like, I fell off on so Veronica well. Mars in like the first season. I got, and I've always like, I gotta go back. I gotta go back. And then it never happened. I'm gonna have to go back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She plays she... Wallace's bitchy girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's so good. Like just young Tessa Thompson period is, yeah. is wonderful. But yeah. not that she I... looks any fucking different. And it's yeah. been like 10 years. <laughs> Yeah, I, I watched it years ago, but Janelle has finally watched it for the first time about six months ago. And walking through the room, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I know that person. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people. Because um, I remember when Amy was like, oh, yeah, Paul Rudd's in an episode of Veronica Mars. I was like, Paul Rudd's what? not in an episode of Veronica <laughs> Mars. And then I sat down and like was rewatching. I was like, that's fucking Paul Rudd. Yeah. So. I was like, Amy Adams in the West Wing. She shows up in an episode. Yeah. Uh, you're like, oh, oh, wow, all right. Shows up on Buffy, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, she does. She's, I remembered her from Buffy because she has a bigger part, but yeah. West Wing is like, oh, huh. Yeah, they, they were all working actors. That makes sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Might seem in the background here as a smaller, or yeah. as a smaller character. What did I just do? I'm trying to see if Veronica Mars is streaming anywhere. We looked, uh, it wasn't, because Chris, and I, Chris also said he wanted to watch it, so we're like, well, we'll just, like, buy it, maybe. Well, why don't you guys just walk over and borrow the discs from me? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we do still have family in the area that we come to visit, so we could do that, that one day, just not today. <laughs> well, hopefully, if this Hulu uh, revival yeah. comes through, yeah. which it sounds like it's on the backside of coming through... Yeah, because um, they're willing sounds to like work. Pretty ar- clear at that point. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like they're willing to work around her. Um, the good place, like, oh, which is which, so like I love that show so freaking much. Yes, oh. yeah. yes. Which like if Logan Eccles comes back, cool. Because I'm not going to spoil anybody that's not caught up on iZombie on if he's still in that show or not. <laughs> yeah, but like knowing that they're willing to work around Kristen Bell is like okay. Yeah. This is going to be great. So hopefully they get all of it. I mean, I own the DVDs too. I don't know why I'm being like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm too lazy to put the DVDs all, in. Oh, anytime I watch Buffy, even though now it's on Hulu with commercials, I have all of the DVDs. I'm like, exactly. Oh, just go to Hulu and deal with those commercials. It's fine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because then it's like I have to get up to change the disc. I don't want to do right. that. Right. Right. So. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Okay, at some point when you finally get caught up on Veronica Mars, we should do the Veronica Mars books because they're actually There's books. Good. There are two <laughs> the books. The first one was good. Yeah, the first one was good. Yeah, I read both of them. I really liked both of them. I think the first one is better though. Um, but yeah, Rob Thomas like wrote the books. Okay. And if you're a big Veronica Mars fan and you're not watching I Zombie, like get on that. Okay, so Veronica Mars and I Zombie got yes. it. <laughs> Yes, the season finale. So, iZombie is about to have its last season as well, because oh. I guess the CW's letting shows end when they want to, which is nice. Which is good, because except for like... Supernatural, yeah, that's yeah. It's just a runaway <laughs> train at this point. I think, <laughs> like as it ends its 80th season, yeah, keeps <laughs> on going. Yeah, but I like so... that because Crazy Ex Girlfriend was one where I was like, there has to be an end in sight, and I, it's gonna exactly. be when she's like doing well and therefore no longer imagining everyone singing you know yes. like so and jane the virgin definitely were, i need some i need some resolution after that finale yeah i heard <laughs> about the finale and was like oh 
Yeah. Okay. I had spoiled myself on that and something else that had previously happened with that same exact character, something also almost as big, you know, and like I, because I fell behind and I was just reading stuff and then I was like, okay. But even still leading up to it, I was like, come on, I don't want this to happen. (laughs) That show's so well done. Yeah. So well done. But yeah, the season finale of iZombie was like, nobody was watching it with me because even like the people that I watch, like that I know watch it all thought the episode before was the last one. And I was like, why? It wasn't a finale. (laughs) And so like, nobody's watching it with me. And I'm like yelling at my TV and like sobbing my eyes out. And I'm like, none of you assholes are watching this with me. No one to support me right now. No one to talk to. Oh my God. And then they all watched it and they're like, Oh my God. I'm like, I know you're all assholes. Thank you. Oh, uh, so yeah, go watch iZombie. Okay. <laughs> Tim, thank you for coming on. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. This has been fun. Picking such a good book. A little bit oh, lighthearted. Well, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Selfishly, like. <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of fun. This yeah. was a very. Uh, we've had some really heavy books recently. Not even just like the hate you give, but mm-hmm. this year we've done Kindred. a lot of heavy stuff. Mercy, yes. Like. <laughs> yes. So it's it's really good to get good light books in there too. Yes. Yeah. Good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You're Where else can people find anytime. you? Where else can people find me? Um, you can find me at marvel.com. Um, I do not do as much front-facing stuff there, but you can still catch my stuff. Next week, I've got two articles coming out, so you can see me there twice. Um, I am at um, Comicsverse. I do movie reviews for them a couple times a week, and I just write general sort of uh, comic book culture commentary. And um, those are the two big ones. Also coming up, if you're a Connecticut College alumni, you will see my article in the next issue of the Connecticut College Alumni Magazine about diversity in comics. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, so those are the big things right now, and um, I think that's about it. If you uh, like this book, if you read along with us, do check out uh, Get Up On This, which is Jensen Garth's podcast. That would be the other thing I'll promote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to give that a, a listen to. Not that I'm caught up on any other podcasts I listen to anyways. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to add another one, but I really want to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how about yeah. you, Megan? Where can people find you besides judging book covers? Uh, I have three other podcasts. You can find uh, Fabulous Retellings. We'll be back this week talking about Baba Yaga, um, which I, we just read a fantastic book. I'm very excited for this season. Um, that It's one of the few times where I think I liked a book more than Mary did, so that'll Ooh. be interesting to see. Um, and... Where else can you find me? Oh, Handbook Podcast, where we're talking about Cocky Gates, which is like the least amount of sex an erotic book has ever had. <laughs> and like, it's to the the last episode, we made a bet on like when we think the sex is going to pop up because it's we're 11 chapters in and there's none. So oh, far. whoa. God. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. That sounds like my high school dating history. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Grey's Anatomy, which is the only thing I can compare it to because it's about people working at a hospital, 
had more sex by this point. And yeah. Um, and then my third one is Minds at Yerk, which is a Animorphs reread podcast. Uh, we are in between books six and seven, which are some of my favorites. And uh, making a friend of mine reread them. And those episodes never stay on track. So if you like really rambly stuff, go listen to those. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Stephanie? Just here still. <laughs> It's been kind of a lazy so after moving it's kind of like yeah mm, and no. i don't really want to do anything but maybe that'll change we'll see <laughs> i hope so but i also get it's been too hot to do anything yeah yeah i also made the mistake of making lunch before this like using the oven making lunch oh, no. and stove. Oh, it's a gas oven and stove right now there. and <sighs> yeah did you make something good though I did, although the smoke alarm went off because I used the broiler and it was in there. And, oh. like, was, you know, so that was fun. The dog did not bark, which I'm very surprised. Um, hey. I think it's a collar thing that we have going for him, but <laughs> it's very warm in here. So maybe later in the winter, the fall or winter, maybe Chris and I will revisit our idea. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Is that the Dave Matthews podcast you guys have been talking about? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to laugh because I was like, is someone secretly a Dave Matthews fan and I didn't realize oh. this? Oh, well, no. Chris is not so secretly a Dave Matthews right. fan. <laughs> He's very is... openly a Dave Matthews yes. fan. And I am not secretly anti, I guess you'd say I am not a fan. <laughs> I've never liked know? Dave Matthews. And Chris had, what was it? Oh, Tim, do you remember the idea? It was basically him trying to... He's gonna play. He was basically gonna corner you with songs. Yeah. Like, do you like this one? Right. right. Until I, his goal was to find one that I liked, and I was just like, "Are there any songs that are all instrumental? Because I don't like his voice, so that's your obstacle there's, number there's one, right one there." There's one or two. So, the vit- no the guarantee I'll like. Band. Yeah. No guarantee I'll like the instrumental, but you know, better shot there. <laughs> oh my gosh! I saw Dave Matthews Band in concert probably ten years ago with my mother. Because my, we think my stepdad broke his leg to get out of it. I mean, that's not true. He broke it. I think playing tennis. <laughs> the running joke was that he did it to get out of this concert. I love the image of him at the top of the stairs being like, well, it's worth it. And then just tossing himself down the stairs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's think. Dave Matthews. I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Dave Matthews and I think the Almond Brothers. Oh, God. It was uh, it was a, a bill. <laughs> very uh, 2010 concert. It's sure. a very chill bill right there. A lot of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> I was the designated driver because I was not 21. Oh. So, to put in perspective. <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, you can find us on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at JBC Podcast. And there's also a Facebook page, um, a handbook for judging fabulous retellings covers, where you can find us as well. Um, and in two weeks, we will be back. Our next one is going to be just me and Megan. I know we said this once before and didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't think Megan is traveling and I'm definitely not moving. So <laughs> we should yeah, be no. able to do a casual vacancy by JK Rowling in two weeks. Uh, I was just going to say, you guys went an entire episode without any Harry Potter content. Well, you <laughs> yes. stuck it in there at the end. <laughs> yes. Maybe that'll be what we do. It's like, we read this book, but instead we're just going to use it to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> right. Or trying to find a way to talk about Harry Potter, try to make it connect. <laughs> there were some Harry Potter mentions in this book though. <laughs> 
Yes. There was, actually. Yeah. He looks like Quite a him. few. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That and, uh, was it Suge Knight? Was very like he who shall not be named. Yes. Yeah, he was the Baltimore yeah. to the music yes. industry at the yeah. time. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that. That was a great story. Yeah, yeah. This is I love memoirs, and this one is definitely is is one of the higher up ones. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, thanks for letting me choose it. And thanks for letting me come on. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to thanks have you back coming. soon. Yes, definitely. I'd love to. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, thank you all for listening, and please keep supporting your local libraries. See you next time.